Welcome to episode 20 of Lost in Translation with Bobby Martin. I'm Sam Perkins. As always, we're coming to you from the WCTV studios in Wilmington, Massachusetts. 20 episodes, Bobby. This is, uh, we're cranking them out now, Big Bobby. Number 20, number 20. It's going well. <laughs> Let's keep it going. I'm saying Big Bobby because we are joined by Bobby. He goes by Bobby Media. Is it Summers? Is that how you pronounce your last name? Summers with an O, yeah. Yeah. So Bobby Summers is a basketball player for Amherst College uh, out in Western Mass. Um, You know, you have to be a really incredible hooper to play college basketball at any level, whether it's three, two, one, NAIA, JUCO. It's like the top 1% of high school hoopers in the country. But that being said, uh, Bobby Media, uh, I think, is a world's better videographer than he is a hooper and he's a very good hooper so that says something in my opinion he is the best sports videographer in the northeast that's my opinion i've watched a lot i've learned a lot from him from afar and then uh he came in and, and talked to the studio here gave us a kind of a tutorial which was awesome but bobby thanks for joining us yeah no i appreciate you guys having me that was a great intro uh, excited <laughs> to talk to you guys today well, i'm excited for you to be here but um, i do have a complaint what's that so I've seen Bobby Media gear all over the place. I've seen mm-hmm. the little wristbands, seen T-shirts, right. and you bought nothing. Yeah, I went Dude. through a little bit of a rebranding. <laughs> so the uh, the old apparel has a Bobby Dot Media, um, but I had to change my account name to uh, the Bobby Media because Instagram like banned my account, um, so I wasn't able to post anything or get tagged with Bobby Dot Media for some reason. So mm. I went through a whole rebranding, but. I got some new stuff in the works, so I'll, uh, I'll send some over. Have the proper sizes. I will yeah, do I a rocket on here. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get your Instagram account? I don't know. It was like shadow banned, so it was a whole mess. So really? I just changed it. Wow. It was just, just easier. Enemies in the industry. Exactly. People jealous. Exactly. Um, so, Bobby, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by you as a videographer because you are, you came in, you talked to my staff, professionals that have been, you know, working here, and everybody was blown away. And it made everybody feel very, in, not every, but like, Everybody had a level of insecurity because you're 21 years old, something like that, 20 or 20, 21, yeah. You're not even started your junior year yet. And how incredible a videographer you are and how just knowledgeable you are about how to set up for a shoot, how to prep for a shoot, how to actually shoot at the editing. Like where did where did that begin? And we're talking about hoops too, but like where did videography begin for you? Yeah, it actually began with hoops. So my dad would film all my games throughout junior, senior year of high school. And then um, that kind of coincided with uh, COVID. So um, in that COVID spring when school was remote, I just started taking all that footage he shot, editing it, teaching myself Adobe Premiere Pro, After Effects. And then that kind of just sprouted this love for editing. Um, And then eventually I got a camera. And from there, I was just teaching myself everything. I was like watching tutorials all day, like falling asleep watching tutorials. and just shooting every chance I could. Austin Hunt was my first video I ever made. Um, And just kind of doing local stuff with a bunch of AAU teams. And, um, you know, from there, I took a gap year uh, and just kind of continued that path into into Amherst. Austin talked about how your 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 mix of him kind of put him on the map in local circles as far as being being a basketball player and being a dunker. So that was gave you a shout out on our last uh, one of our more recent episodes. Yeah, no, that was a fun one. I think people were surprised because he was like, I think 14 at the time doing like 360 reverse stunks, like crazy stuff. So, wow. Yeah. So how how many games do you actually go around and see all the time? Or do you have to, I mean, are you hoping for some good shots or you just follow kids around multiple games and you start editing? Yeah, so now is a lot different. I think when I was first starting out, I was doing a lot of the AU stuff. I've kind of transitioned away now, but in the start, I would basically go up to, it was Derry, New Hampshire for a mm-hmm. lot of it in that first like kind of COVID AU period. Um, and so I'd go film from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., probably 12 games, if I were to guess. Um, I would end up making like 20 videos that week and it would just be recording as much as possible. Uh, so I normally, I would try to get hired by the team themselves and then also individual players because I think it's a lot more efficient if I can get paid by the team and then make the smaller individual mixes as well. Um, but yeah, no, starting out, I was really just worrying about capturing every possible thing I could. So who pays better, the team or the individual? 
the team definitely pays better like uh overall but then if i can add up a couple individual players that i can make a lot more money from that it's more scalable um do you feel like do you ever feel like as a young kid who is just starting out that teams or players or anyone like took advantage of you were there ever times that people try to get more than their money or they stiff you on pay or something like that i actually i never really dealt with that i was pretty fortunate um to begin working with uh, Mike Crotty, who runs Middlesex Magic pretty early on. So me and him have a great relationship. He's helped me a lot in my career, um, but I actually played for him for a while. So when I started out, I reached out to him and it kind of coincided with their program was really on the rise. I was kind of on the rise and we worked together. Um, and I think it was definitely a mutual benefit. Um, so he took care of me uh, financially as well as just like exposure and, and all that um, i was able to go with them to their uaa stuff after they got sponsored um and that was just a great experience working with him so i i was fortunate enough to not get kind of stiff but i know that is a big issue um especially with uh some of these younger guys starting out so do guys the individuals do they come to you just looking for a highlight video or do you because uh, i haven't seen that much but do, do you interview them as as far as them being able to speak or is it just more of the basketball highlights? I think a lot of the videos I do is more just the highlights. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where did it begin with you and Hoops? Because I know Hoops was there before videography, mm -hmm. even though videography is what, you know, um, I think you. it's fair to say you have more of a name as a videographer than a hooper, but it's you have the rare distinction of being a videographer who can hoop and currently hoops at the same time. Right. But where did it begin with you in basketball? Yeah, so I was actually, I've been like an athlete my whole life. My my dad was athletic. He played college football. Um, but it started with me in lacrosse, actually. So I was, I played main sport lacrosse up until I think sixth grade. Um, but I kind of hit a growth spurt. And at that point, I was 6'1". Um, and all my friends were like, like you got to play basketball. So I actually think it was fifth grade. But I tried out for the, the travel team. Um, and I made it. I was playing center up until eighth grade. And then... Um, that middle school season, I kind of realized like I love basketball and um, kind of went hard on it and kind of developed my guard skills. And then, um, yeah, and then just throughout high school, I played at St. Mark's High School, a uh, great competition in the ISL. Um, I think my game kind of developed a lot there. What was it like growing up in in, in South Borough? I have a uh, an affinity for the boroughs. I mean, I'm a city kid. I grew up in Cambridge, but I lived out that way for a while um great experiences with my my oldest son when he was you know two and three years old we were out there um what what was life like out there what was it like growing up out there yeah i mean life was pretty simple like i think um elementary school middle school was great just hanging out with my friends playing sports outside and then i think i was there definitely very fortunate enough to go to st mark's um I, I learned a lot there as a great education, and I think I grew a lot as an athlete and just a student as well. Um, but I still keep in touch with all my friends from Southborough, from middle school. Um, and yeah, I just love the town. I still live there now. I live with my parents over the summers, and, and I still love it. Did you attend the Faye school also? I didn't, no. no? Okay. Yeah, I was at uh, Trottier. Are you more passionate about one versus the other right now, uh, basketball or videography? Basketball or filming basketball? Right. It uh, it kind of fluctuates with whatever I'm doing at the moment. So like right now I'm in full videography mode in my internship. Um, I'm like fully like uh, in the deep end basically. And then in the season, like I don't even think about videography. So like I didn't touch my camera from October to March, which that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. Um, but no, I definitely get very involved in, in whatever I'm doing. And I only have two seasons left, so I'm trying to focus pretty strongly on those. So my question is, you provide the soundtracks for the music for the videos? It depends. So for, okay. for Instagram stuff, I normally will just take a song, like a Drake song or something. So does that song hit you say, okay, this is what I need for him? Or, or, yeah, yeah. So I actually like, what I like to do in the car rides is I'll just listen and then um, if I like, I'll like put on like Spotify shuffle. Mm -hmm. um, and if I hear a song, I'll like either screenshot or like add it to a playlist and then I'll just go back through. Cause I always say like, that's probably the hardest part is finding a good song. Um, Cause if you have like 
good footage and a bad song is not going to work. So right. I always try to find a good song. How much of your stuff uh, that you that you work on right now is not Instagram? Like, because I know Instagram is a big driver for a lot of people, and your stuff's really amazing on Instagram. But there are limitations too. Like, I mean, Instagram on the one hand, it's cool that it, you really have like a minute thirty seconds to work with, so it really forces you to get your absolute best stuff, your Christmas stuff. It's uh, in writing they call it like killing your darlings, which is like don't get so in love with your intro or something that you're working on or this thought you have in your head, like go with like, get into it, get it done and get out of it. And I think Instagram forces a videographer to really be like, not get too in love with being like too crazy art, like the super long intro. And you know, it's like, get in, grab them immediately. And then you have to get out. But like, it also does kind of limit some of the more creative stuff. I know you can post longer videos, but you know, it's not really what Instagram's intended for. Do you do longer stuff that's not on Instagram? I guess it's yeah. I think if you if you look at my account, I think I might have posted once in the last like four months or something. Yeah. I think most of my work, at least for the summer, has been I've been working with the Celtics doing an internship. So a lot of that is just behind the scenes stuff that that they end up posting. Um, so that's just not really Instagram worthy for myself. But then besides that, a lot of my focus recently has been in more of the cinematography aspect so i'm i've been just focusing on capturing the game content as best as i can um so what, a lot of what i'm doing especially at school so i worked with amherst athletics and then umass as well is just um filming those games and i'm not really necessarily making the little one minute instagram hype mixes out of that um but a lot of what i'm doing is kind of recap videos for the school to post and i don't necessarily share that myself um I think I probably should post more. I think definitely in today's day and age, posting more is better, but um, I try to keep my Instagram more uh, like the work I'm most proud of. So how many requests do you get from your teammates? Yo, you gotta get me out there, man. I, I need some shine. <laughs> At this point, uh, I think I've been asked so many times and I've said no every time that I don't get it that much more. Um, but I actually, I got a couple of buddies over at UMass, which is just like two minutes away. So mm -hmm. I've uh, I've gotten them out to film a couple of our games, which has been great. So they, my teammates have been happy enough with that. Yeah. How so? When you were starting out, I mean, it's obviously hard to just you know when you first start. You know, you explained you were going around, you had a connection, you kind of were just filming as much as you could. How long into creating videos? Do you think you got to the point where people were like Bobby, like seeking you out and like, yo, Bobby Media is, you know, you were starting to rise above the fray of all the young videographers that are at all the AAU tournaments? Yeah, I think I think part of it was I started at a very good time. I think I kind of beat the wave of a lot of young guys, um, you know, like I, there's so many talented young guys right now. Um, but I think when I was starting out, it was kind of me um core vision cuts and a couple other guys who were more established but weren't really doing the smaller like aau stuff um, so i think i was in enough of a niche where i was going up to these tournaments and people were seeing me being posted by middlesex magic zero gravity or whatever um and i think that was enough to kind of stand out and have people seek, seek me out um so i was pretty lucky to have started when i did so you said that you, I mean, you were working for Middlesex Magic. You also played for them some, but then you said you played for another AU. Did you continue doing videography for Middlesex Magic after you were no longer, after you'd switched to a different AAU program? Or were you still pl were you playing for them the whole time that you were doing videography? Oh, okay, so I guess I should specify. So I played with Magic, I think it was my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And then I switched to Mass Select. Um, uh by junior and senior year or just junior year um and then i didn't start videography until my senior year um so i just kind of but i still kept a great relationship with uh, coach crotty um so one, once i started i reached out to him about kind of working together and um he was all yours you think he liked you more as a videographer than a player probably yeah <laughs> um we had a we had a good little run basketball wise but uh i think our, our relationship uh professionally is very good yeah so what I know that you said that you watched lots and lots and lots and lots of tutorials. Who at the time, was there anyone specific or just anything you could find or were there specific videographers that you really 
were looking to then? And are there videographers that you still look to now? Yeah, I think in terms of like tutorials on YouTube, just people like Peter McKinnon, um, Danny Geverts, uh, people like that. But in terms of like other videographers who I was looking up to, I think, I don't know if I just wasn't following people or I just really didn't see it that big back then. I mean, there's a couple of big guys like Cam Beverly, um, who I think is now working with the Clippers and Josh Englert, who is working with one of the players on the Timberwolves. So they were pretty consistently posting and I would follow them and they were definitely big inspirations for me. Um, but I think now like I follow way more people who like I see it on my Instagram feed and I get inspired daily. So, I mean, I'm going to forget people, but like shots by Kai is very talented. I think he's from New Jersey. Um, and okay, now I'm going to leave out everybody else. Cause I can't think of people <laughs> off the top of my head, but I have like, I'll go through and like save things on my Instagram. Um, and I just get inspired daily by, uh, just everybody I follow. You ever watch the guy up in Canada, uh, Pete Cyrillus, I think is his yep. name. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I know him like just online friendship like we we dm no he's great he posts tutorials on youtube um he kind of inspired me i've been posting some tutorials um as well trying to get a little bit of a following on youtube um which has been a lot of fun this summer um, how's that how's that going for you pretty good yeah i've experienced uh some good growth i'm at like six 650 subscribers i think um and getting getting some good good traction there it's been fun yeah pete and you are the only two that i really well i watch the tutorials all the time I share yeah. them with everybody here. Yeah, there's not too many guys doing like consistent weekly stuff. And Peter's been doing it consistently for, for years now. So a lot of props to him. So are, are there certain techniques that you will not share with anyone else? Hmm. No, I think I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty open. Um, because I think a lot of what makes a good video is like your eye, which I can't necessarily teach, or like mm -hmm. just your feel for the video. But I think in terms of technical stuff, like I don't think there's anything too crazy that I'm doing um, in terms of like After Effects or like crazy visual effects that um, I think would separate myself. I think um, I'm not afraid to share that. I'm not afraid to share anything, anything that I do. So besides your love for this, what makes you special that everyone is so enamored with your work? Um. I, I'm, a, I'm a hesitant to say everyone's so enamored with my work. Uh, I mean, I think I'm pretty good, but uh, I don't know. I think I just have, I think I have a pretty good eye for kind of pacing of a video and, and storytelling in specific edits. I think one thing that I do pretty well is understanding the social media landscape. So for videos, um, I see a lot of videos nowadays that it's like, a super long intro so it's 20 seconds of the player in warm-ups or like slow motion clips mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. my thing is i think within five seconds you need the biggest play so um like a lot of my work for the celtics right now is like 30 seconds max so i'm thinking okay uh, a couple seconds of an intro maybe the player doing like handshake lines and then bang like best dunk of the year or something and i think you really need to catch the audience's attention right off the bat because realistically no one's going to watch for more than 15 seconds so mm -hmm. i'd rather kind of front load my video and make the first 15 seconds very like very very good um rather than kind of stretch it out um so i think that's something that that i, I like about my videos that might kind of um connect with people i think to me what what's, what's always shocks me is i'll watch your videos and the intros are so good, but they're so fast, but they feel so much longer than they actually are. Like, mm -hmm. it'll be like literally five, six seconds, boom, like the biggest dunk of the year, like you said. But that five or six second intro, it, it just feels like it stretches out the amount of time you're working with. Like, it, it's like they're so good. And yet they get to the to the to the meat and potatoes so fast of it, which is really is a rare quality in a videographer. Like I, I, I watch a lot just to always try and get inspired for here or, or be pointing the young videographers in a, in a new direction. But like, I constantly go back to your stuff and just how well you're able to get into it. But like, there's still a build, even though it's only five seconds before you get into it. It's really impressive. I repeat, enamored with your work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we should have asked him. He has the better answer. Um, so has it ever been difficult to balance videography and basketball i know you said it'll be like summers you're just strictly video season 
strictly basketball now, but has it, is it ever a struggle to, to, to balance the two? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, right now I'm basically like, once I start the season, I'm not going to touch a camera. Um, so I, I guess I'm not really balancing it, I guess you could say. Um, but like this summer, I still am working out all that. And I think part of that is just um, kind of maintaining a healthy lifestyle, which even after basketball, I'm going to have to do. Um, so just, you know, getting up shots whenever I can, playing pickup. Um, but it's definitely hard. Like sometimes I get so in the mode of an edit where I don't want to get up from my desk, but um, I'll kind of make myself go to the gym. Uh, and then I'm happy I did, obviously, afterwards. But sometimes I'm just so in the zone that I don't want to leave. I've noticed sometimes, uh, and not that I'm anywhere close to your level, but like when I'm working on an edit, I'll get really stuck and you get like deeper and deeper and deeper. And if I'm finally able, like I might be sitting there for like an hour. And then if I'm finally like on one thing that I'm stuck on, and if I'm able to go do some sort of physical activity, like you just, I'll sit back down and be like, oh yeah, I should do this instead. Yeah. That's probably a good way to do it. I think um, what I've used to do is just kind of like, brute force the way through it so i would like duplicate the sequence and then just start messing around in after effects and normally something will come to me but i think that's probably a healthier way to go about it go get some activity how would you describe yourself as a player now um i think right now my biggest strengths are probably like slashing so i'm pretty athletic uh getting to the rim and then shooting i shot uh fairly well this past season from three uh, but i'm not really going east west dribbling i'm basically like one or two dribbles max um kind of like that has anyone ever talked smack to you in games like referencing your videography yeah yeah a couple of times uh <laughs> i think we were playing like con college maybe uh and i missed the three in the corner in front of their bench and they're like stick to making videos or something but <laughs> it's what it is they're on the bench so it's fine um what what are your goals post college? And I'm not, I'm not trying to have you like, look, man, I'm 39. I'm old. I look back on the college athletic glory days. I try not to do it very much. I think it's it's I'm never going back, so it's not super healthy. But you know, I'm I'm well aware of like hang on to the moment because once it's over, it's gone. Um, but have you started thinking about what you want to do post college? Yeah, I think I kind of go back and forth a bunch between um, doing my own thing. So like. Right now I have an LLC, like I have my own kind of freelance company. Um, I don't do that much of it this summer because I decided to do an internship. So these past two summers, uh, I did do my own thing, um, but I kind of wanted this experience with working in an actual team and I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, and it's kind of opened my eyes to more opportunities after college. So I think I'm kind of deciding between working either in a production company, some sort of agency, some sort of pro team or doing my own thing. Um, I'm sure at some point in my career, I will be full-time freelance, full-time entrepreneur. But, um, I think in these couple of years after college, working with a pro team would probably be my goal. Would you have any interest doing like a March, a March Madness, uh, videography? You know, I mean, those guys have wonderful ones on, on, on CBS. What, what are they on now? What, what? Man, I don't even remember what channel does it, but they always, they, they always like yeah, I mean, it's like interesting the business moment. of college Division One hoops, where like it is, it is a business. Um, yeah. So, I guess circling back around, how how were you able to get your first camera? What went into getting that first camera, and what model was it? Uh, okay, so my first camera was a Canon ninety D. Um, and so it's like a little DSLR, uh, APS-C camera. Um, but so I was, I was very fortunate enough to be gifted some money, um, my senior year for graduation. Um, and I used uh, a lot of that to get, to get the camera. Um, and that was great. And I, I kind of basically reinvested every single thing that I made. I would make, I don't know, a couple thousand a week doing these AU tournaments, um, and just, I didn't spend money on anything else. I didn't go out. I didn't do get food. I didn't do anything. Well, you're editing uh, film all the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, my parents. I love my parents. So, <laughs> um, no, I was definitely very fortunate enough to be in a position where I could reinvest every single thing that I got. 
Um, and that kind of allowed me to progress very quickly. So I, I upgraded to the R6 in 2021, I think, something like that. Um, and then that kind of, that's where my content, I think, really took that step up. Um, and then from there, I've just been reinvesting basically everything. So what, outside of, because I want to get back into the advice for young videographers, but before we get to that, what other stuff that people don't realize did you have to do? You talked about setting up an LLC. Um, I'd assume that you probably insure your gear uh, or have some sort of, if you don't, man, it's not that expensive. Get insurance, dude. I've, get it. I, it's, I've been procrastinating, <laughs> it, but I, uh, it is in the works. I uh, need to do that. Someone takes a tumble, a foot, you know, yeah. you know, a leg goes flying and suddenly yeah. it's, you know. I have like the warranties on everything or not. Yeah, the warranties, um, yeah. but I need a uh, proper insurance. But so like what what were the other steps outside of, you know, um, getting out on the court filming and putting together good edits that have gone into you building yourself as a videographer? And now um, you have, you know, much higher level people, organizations like coming to you for work. What are all the other parts beside the, the actual videography work that, that have gone into it? I think the biggest one is probably just social media in general and kind of networking. So a lot of my work is through, I think 95% of my work has probably come through Instagram DMs. Um, so just kind of managing that. And at the same time, especially when you're starting out, making sure you're posting all of your work and, and being consistent with that. And I think um, nowadays they come out with the feature with the collaborative posts. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure you guys have seen that. And I think that's a game changer because if you're a new account with zero followers and you do a um, collaborative post with like an AU team with thousands of followers, you're basically going to get all of that engagement. Um, so I wish they had that starting out. I think I kind of figured out early on that I wanted stuff that athletes who I posted would reshare. So I think a lot of my work early on, um, all I was posting was the, the bigger names. So stuff I necessarily wasn't getting paid for, um, but it was like I would go to these tournaments and film like, I don't know, Reed Ducharme or some of these other top guys in the area. And they would share that and they have 20,000 yeah. followers, whatever. Um, so I think knowing what to post that will get you that kind of traction and get you more eyes on your content that will therefore kind of translate to more opportunities. So what's it like working with the Celtics? Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, I've been doing my own thing for a while, so I haven't really had the chance to work with like other talented people closely so um, i'm able to like send them my videos that i've made for them get feedback on them which has been great it's definitely opened my eyes uh the team i'm working with is super talented um and i've been able to work on some cool projects um a, a couple of them i can't really say because they're not out yet but i was able to do a season highlight tape for al horford which was um fun to work on and just kind of learning about how they um manage their content kind of make a plan for what they're going to post when mm -hmm. as well as like managing all the footage because they're getting 50 different cameras every right. play every like every single play is logged and like going through and finding all that um has been great to learn about wow so where are your cctvs i don't know i'm only a summer in summer intern oh so. come on so yeah. come on <laughs> i was uh i was supposed to start uh game one of the finals if they made it. Ooh. And then, so I was uh, on the edge of my seat every single game of the Eastern Conference. Hopefully finals. it'll be in the finals this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about, so Bobby and I have talked a lot about this, but what do you think about, like, you look at, if they're high school kids, you get to a certain age, like, it's, it's, I think it's cool, all that. But, like, I think it's a, it's a, it's a tough line to straddle between, like, you know, these kind of videos are, they're what is making a career for you. But also like, I feel like kids are getting so focused on the hype around it. And like, you can kind of make anyone look like a superstar, not that you do it, but you look at kind of the videographer, some of them that are, are kind of working the lower level circuits, they'll be making anyone look like a star. And then you look at like some of the really young kids whose parents are like paying to have like a mixtape made of like a fifth grader, a sixth grader, a seventh grader. And you can't even project what a kid's going to be as a player until they post puberty. And um, and I just I think it's a it's a it's a it's a tough line to straddle with um, it being really cool for kids and also need to make a living. So it's like if someone's paying and they're going to pay you good money. But then like 
you know, some of these kids are, it, it, it's, it's playing into hype and ego and everything of kids that when they're that young, most of them are ne- not going to make it anywhere. It's just the odds. And, and so what do you, what do you think about the kind of culture that surrounds the, the whole mixtape AAU scene? Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I think that's a big part of the reason why I'm not really in the AAU scene anymore. Um, I think I was at a point where I'm getting all these messages from young kids asking me for mixtapes. Um, and a couple of them were like, uh, they wanted me to do a workout video. Um, and then they said, I'm going to schedule this workout for Thursday. Let me know if you can make it. And then I couldn't make it. And then they canceled the workout. And I'm like, you shouldn't be kind of working out around getting a video from it. Yeah, basing your workout on my availability exactly. with my camera. Yeah, yeah so that kind of opened my uh, opened my eyes, and I was like, what's really like going on here? Um, and I would get like requests for like super young kids, and I did some of that starting out, um, but I just kind of got to a point where I, I didn't need those jobs anymore to kind of make a living, which is great, and I'm I'm fortunate enough to do that, but. I also just, that content didn't excite me and I didn't really like what I was doing to basketball. Here's a thought. Why not Why not uh, get your services to film low light tapes? <laughs> so, you, no, seriously, you, 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 you film a game, you watch the kid. They're not, you know, they're not exchanging on the weak side or, you know, it's a lazy cut. They're not looking for the ball. You know, something like that for coaches to say, hey, right. coach, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah. you know, I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, another thing is so part of the reason why I loved working with Magic is so they were high level guys, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a lot of what Coach Crotty was looking for wasn't those, um, you know, flashy mixtapes, a lot of effects. It was like raw highlights showcasing the players' abilities for coaches. And I think that kind of resonated with me more. And then I could take that footage. And if one of the players wants to make a mixtape, I can do that. But so basically, right when I started working with Magic, that gave me the ability to say no to these like workout mixtapes for 12 year old kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was able to kind of focus on that, which I think is more fulfilling and actually had kind of a a purpose and help these kids uh, with their tapes and like their recruitment. So how sick were you? filming a 12 year old's workout tapes when they're no good anyway. Yeah, I guess I never actually did a 12 year old's workout, but I did a couple like camps with yeah. uh, like very young kids and it, it was a struggle. And being yeah. a player, you're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is so bad. Yeah, it's hard to, it's honestly hard to make a basketball video without like a dunk. I yeah, it really dunk. is. Right. Yeah. On that first base right. drop, I need, I yeah. need something. Yeah. It, it's, um, you know, one of the things when you were talking about that, about the magic allowing you to kind of do the the sort of video that's going to help kids careers like recruiting wise i think that's something that a lot of kids don't understand and a lot of videographers if i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt don't understand if i'm being more probably true it's more like they just don't want to let them know the the mixtapes as they call them they're really cool Back when I was a high school athlete, if they existed, I'm sure I would have wanted to save up money to get one made because they look cool. And I wouldn't hold that against any kid for being like, hey, if someone can make me like look like it's like a movie about me playing like the, the cinematic style and everything. And if you're a great player, they can help you build your brand. Like if you're someone that now NIL, you can make money if you get some really dope mixes uh you can build a following and then kind of parlay that into some sort of sponsorship but mixtapes don't help kids get on a college roster or get a college scholarship and i remember getting into an argument with like a videographer that i don't need to to name but someone that i don't think has a lot of morals uh a couple years ago and like dude these do not help kids get recruited and i think that's what like a lot of kids do not understand sure get a mixtape made to look like dope online and, and it, I, that's, it's really cool. Like what you do is art, but you need to get a different kind of film to get coaches interested in having you come play for them at the next level. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I'm not gonna, I don't want to act like I'm like a recruiting service or anything. And I think most of what I was doing and what I am doing is the, I see it more as art. And it's exactly the, it's the players, the players are coming to me to, have something cool to share 
on their social media, share with their friends. Um, but yeah, I think that that working with magic and kind of experiencing the other side was just kind of a, a kind of a fresh breath of air um, and like kind of like fresh content that I think actually had a purpose. Um, but yeah, no, kids are not going to get a scholarship offer because they like you can't tell how good a kid plays if you're kind of slow mowing clips and cutting them back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing I used to do is like if a kid would miss a shot, I would cut to a different yep. clip of the ball going in. Yeah, like if you've got that camera whip following the shot. Exactly. You really can't tell. Like when I started out, like uh, when I got back into it, because when I started out in videography and in multimedia stuff, it was before the mixtape stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I was like going for like cinematic, but much longer kind of format and all that sort of stuff. But when I got back into it and I was learning what I like, you're whipping the camera after a ball, after a shot, you could splice in someone else's made shot if it's from the same angle and, you know, you uh, do yeah. it right. Yeah. Um, and I don't want it to seem like I'm saying, like, what you do is art and it is incredible. Like, it is, I could watch your videos all day long because they are incredible. So there, it's no disrespect at all intended about it. It's just that it, it, some kids will think that a dope mixtape serves a recruiting purpose. And I'll never forget, uh, uh, you know, a coach for an AAU team a couple of years ago, I'd shot them at some lower level tournament and like had done some, some mixes for some of the players. And then he hits me up like a year later. He's like, ah, yo, uh, do you have this video on so-and-so that he had, they had asked me to make, but then no one ever paid me. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, he's like, you know, he's getting looked at by, he said a low level D one school. Like can you finish that video up. I'm like, number one, that was like a year ago. That footage is buried. Number two, I wasn't shoot like you. I wasn't shooting for like a recruiting style. Like I was shooting for a cinematic style. Like uh, I don't think mm-hmm. a college is going to care about what it looks like. And that's the thing is like, you know, you can change speeds. You're slow mowing it. They can't tell. But also like videographers will, you know, ramp it up to like 105 percent. So it still looks believable speed but you've got a little bit more of that extra choppiness if it's going slightly a teeny bit faster. And so they can't tell what a kid's game speed actually is. You usually can't see spacing. You don't see how someone cuts in a mixtape or how they screen or how they defend a screen, like a, a ball screen or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's the public service announcement for, you know, for, this, for this podcast, right? It's, kids, you're not going to get recruited. You're not going to get recruited because you have a great video. Yeah. They're going to want to have their eyes on you. The video helps. But uh, until the coach has his eyes on you, his or her eyes on you, like you say, well, you're pretty much out of luck. Don't, don't get me wrong. If you have the money and Bobby's will, Bobby Media is willing to do a video on you, like go for it because yeah. it's go gonna look, it. it's gonna look incredible. Go for it, Bobby Media. But, but it's not, it. it's, it's not gonna be the thing that gets you a college it scholarship not, if he's yeah. shooting for a, like a cinematic, videotape. Not yeah. to mention that you need something to, to actually film, right? Something worth filming. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. And I think I was a. Uh, I was obviously in the position where I got recruited to play basketball as well. So I kind of had an inside scoop. And in my experience, every coach that recruited me was asking for full game tape. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they wanted, I think the huddle stuff is perfect for like, they yeah. want to see the spacing. They want to see huddle synergy, synergy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. Um, that's what you want to send them. So even if you're sending them highlights, you should do the full plays. They want to see you run down the court, how you come off the screen, everything. Um, and I think sending them that is going to be a lot more valuable. Um, and that's not what I'm trying to do. And I think um, players need to know the distinction. So the PSA is good. Do you have a favorite video that you've done? Because you've done a lot. Yeah, I think <laughs> I go through like different phases. So I think a lot of my old stuff, a lot of people would look at and probably say that's my better stuff. So a lot of the mixtapes. So had a couple um, good ones with the Magic guys um, or, or players like that, but I always kind of think my last video is my best video. Um, but I, yeah, I kind of go through different phases. So a couple of my videos, I focus more on cinematography and color grading and framing. So I'll do like the wide on Instagram, which like the 16 by nine, which isn't always the best for engagement because it's small, but um, I just kind of try to switch it up. but. I'd say, yeah, I think always just whatever my last video is. How how quickly do you, I think that the thing that's very, it's still hard for me to balance. And 
um, running the station here, I'm still I'm doing way more videography than any other executive director that I know. But like I'm not doing as much as I used to. So it's not I'm not I'm still in the thick of the editing and the shooting. I love shooting. I love, you know, location hunting and all that sort of stuff. And um, but I'm not in it the same way that you are. And I'm not on your level anyways. But um, it was always hard for me to find the balance of you put so much effort and thought and hours into a really great edit. And then it's like when it's done, it's like, got to go on to the next one now. Like it's how long do you kind of sit there and soak in what you've done or how quickly do you have to move on to the next project when you're in video editing mode, not not basketball mode? Yeah, I think it's kind of depending on where I'm at. So at school, um, I, I kind of have a lot of flexibility within our creative department. So I work with our athletic department. Um, it's kind of just three people. Um, so I can kind of go film whatever games I want um, and do kind of whatever what, what I want with the footage. Um, and with those, I'll normally get them their raw highlights that they like to post on their website and YouTube. And I could bang that out in 20 minutes. Um, and then depending on what I feel like, I will make a creative video for myself or for the team to post individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and those I can kind of, I'll normally spend probably six or seven hours on them. And again, this isn't stuff that I'm making like crazy that I'm going to post personally. Um, like you can kind of see a drought on my Instagram where I haven't, I don't post really anything from Amherst. Um, but in another situation, like with the Celtics, I'm actually, I really enjoy it. They're giving me a hard deadlines, which I've never dealt with before because I'm always creating my own deadlines. Um, so they'll be like, okay, you're going to work on this Horford video you have until next Thursday. So I can kind of block up my time and, um, I have a hard deadline to stop by. So I can't, cause I like to like stress over like the little things and like export it 20 times and perfect the little, the little, um, errors. But in a situation like I'm in the summer, I kind of need to focus in and be more methodical about the edit. I think that working on a deadline is so important. It's a skill I wish I learned when I was younger um, because it's much better to get a good video done in a timely fashion than an amazing video that's taken a long time. Like like a B plus video done within a week is way better than an A plus video that's a month later, unless it is some like long term project. But if you're doing like game highlights, player highlight from a certain game it's like get it done while it's still relevant i think is it's so important and it's something that a lot of a lot of i didn't have that skill when i was younger you know i'd be doing you know exporting it a million times getting so hung up on every little transition and it's like something when you're on a deadline it's like you just gotta get it done and get it out i think it 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 promotes like a better work and a better workflow because you don't get so invested in a single video yeah i think it definitely depends what your goals are um, I think if you're in a place where you want to be getting out a lot of content, then definitely. Um, I actually think some of my best videos were the exact opposite because all I did for a couple of years was this. So I would like fully invest myself in one video and um, it definitely wasn't healthy. But I think I kind of made some good work. Uh, but I would agree with what you're saying with um, it's more important to make a good video consistently than invest yeah and and i think consistency that's the word that i was looking for that like when you're trying when you're really becoming like a high level pro at it that you always need to be thinking kind of about the next video and the next job um because you you need to keep it going to be able to really make a living at it you know and and when you're young and you're you're not working for anybody or any you know yeah take take a a year on a video you know whatever it is you can do amazing stuff but it is i do think that at some point it starts preparing you for like getting to that next level financially um career-wise to be like all right i need to um be consistent more than it is like go all in for this one video you always want to grow so that your baseline consistent level keeps rising exactly but like you do need to be consistent and how quickly you're getting stuff done uh just just as much if i think more so than like 
what your top level ability is. Right. Yeah. Cause like me spending one hour on a video now is better than me spending six hours two years ago. Like I've mm-hmm. that baseline, like you're saying, is just improving. So with more practice and turning out more content, like you're saying, even if it's just good videos, you're just going to keep getting better and less and less time will go into making very good videos. What do you think is the most hours you ever spent on an, on an edit? Get a um, guesstimate. So this one's probably not, it's not really what you're looking for, I bet, but I did a season promo video for the magic and that was probably the most because I took every single clip that I shot throughout eight or nine tournaments for multiple different teams. So like they're uh, 17U, 16U, their B and C teams. And I had all of that, I sorted through all of it. I did, I conducted five interviews um, with players. So like I did Pat Connaughton, Tyler Kolick, Crotty, and a couple other current players. Um, and so that was a lot, just organizing everything. And it ended up being like a five minute edit, I think, um, like the, the, the final deliverable. Yeah. Um, but that probably, I don't, I don't even know. That was weeks of all day. Uh, but I'm pretty happy with that one. Um, but in terms of like social media videos, I think the longest I spent on one was probably just one of those mixtapes back from 2021 where I would just have nothing else to do and just fully dive into. I mean, I think the five minute, that answer was, was perfect. It wasn't necessarily thinking mixtape. I was just thinking Mm -hmm. in your kind of career what's the most you've put in i have a video project that i've been working on since covid started it's not done and i don't know if it's ever going to get done um but from back in my athletic college time which was the early to mid 2000s um i had spent years tracking down old vhs video of all these different players in america east conference small division one conference but um you know a lot of friends of mine and then transferring that, for, you know, myself, I set up a whole studio from VHS, uh, some DVD, but mostly VHS to digital. And then going through, and I've been making, you know, individual highlight videos for different guys that are, you know, we're in our late 30s now. And uh, there's almost, no, it was pre-YouTube, basically. Mm-hmm. There's almost no video out there, pre-stream where everyone was streaming everything. And putting together the individual highlight videos, which is really cool. But I've also been putting together like a dunk mix from that era and it's now like a 15 minute video of it's like hundreds of games that i've gone through (laughs) and it's just morphed into this like thing that will just never be finished because i'm still probably only halfway through the video that i have accumulated (laughs) yeah that's fun though i think projects like that definitely kind of keep your love for editing going so at this point you know you've you've worked for the the you've interned for the celtics Have you been involved in, have you branched out at all away from sports? Have you, has anyone approached you about doing edits that are not, because I think a lot of stuff from your sports edits translates to to all different kinds of cinematography, but have, have people approached you or have you started branching out? Are you kind of thinking sports is going to be your thing? Yeah, I think 99% of my stuff is sports and I've done a couple corporate videos, um, just interviews, B-roll put together like a two minute recruiting video, something like that. Um, I've done that that for a couple companies, Um, but I don't really want to post that stuff because that's not necessarily the work I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And like it paid well, and I'm not going to say no to it, but I'm not going to go actively seek those jobs. And I think right now I'm somewhere where I want to be combining those two things. So that's not really for me right now, working with individual athletes, that's more working for um sporting companies so like i'm working with like a boxing gym in a couple of weeks uh doing like a promotional video for them so i see my content on a freelance side being more a lot more around that um and kind of i'm still in sports but it's also combining sports with kind of uh corporate videos and normally that's a bigger budget as well as kind of more creative videos um yeah how when you first started did you figure out your rate? How did you figure out your price point? I think that's something a lot of young videographers look when you're starting, if you're a kid and you're fortunate enough to get a camera or, or, or something like, you know, like it, it, I think it's kind of about just if you're young enough that you don't need the money, it's almost like build the portfolio, learn as much as you can shoot what you can. 
But when you get to the point where you're trying to make money, it's like it is such an important and critical decision of what is your price point going to be? Because if you set it too high, that's unreasonable. People are going to be like, why should I go with you? Uh, but if you set it too low, it's so hard to then course correct once you've kind of set your market rate. How did you figure that out? Yeah, no, that was probably my single biggest struggle, um, especially like from a business aspect. I think one thing that you have to do when you're starting out is definitely start off working for free. Um, and that's not necessarily like going and like kind of changing your brand to only doing free stuff. But I think what you have to do is find very good athletes in your area, work for free. But I think it's very important that you are the one initiating it because if there's people coming to you saying, come work for me for free and like you'll get exposure or something, um, never do that because those people probably aren't the best people because they're looking for, for kind of handouts and, and free stuff. So I think if you're going to people and offering them free content, that's going to benefit both of you guys. Um, and then from there, once you get your eyeball, more eyeballs on your work, um, you can start to charge. And I think when you're starting out, um, a good rule of thumb is, well, first of all, like talk to other people. So I had a pretty good um, network of other creatives that I was able to ask what kind of what they were doing um, just because market value is a thing. So you want to make sure you're not significantly lower than other people in your same area. Um, or significantly higher. Uh, but I guess a good rule of thumb is figure out how much time you're spending on each um, edit and then go um, figure out like an hourly wage. Um, but it's kind of fluctuated a lot for me because, you know, my stuff with magic, not to get too much into like budget and stuff, but that wasn't like an hourly thing. Like we had a budget for the summer. Um, and then, you know, a lot of my stuff now is is like with my school and that's just hourly through my school, just I put in my hours. Um, and then any one-off freelance jobs. At this point, I've kind of realized that because I'm so busy, I can kind of just say to these people who reach out to me, I can just say a bigger number. And then if they say that's too big, okay, cool. I didn't really have time anyway. And then if they say yes, then it's actually worth my time because it's enough money. Um, but obviously you can't really do that when you're starting out. So um, I think the most important thing is making good content. Um, and as you keep making better content, you can up your price. So the, the, uh, the lesson is to go from free to fee. Mm -hmm. You gotta be willing to prove yourself. Yep. You know, you're, you're gonna do some things for free, but build your rep and, uh, take it from there. But it's great that you had some mentors to actually tell you, yeah. you know, and help you understand what the market marketplace was that's awesome you know it's funny i'll find the clip at some point but really early on it was probably episode three four we were talking about aau in general mm -hmm. and the pros and the cons and all that and i talked about the videography scene and i was talking about for young kids and i said kind of exactly what bobby's saying which is like anyone that comes to you and bobby says, media yes i said okay. i was talking yeah <laughs> what exactly what bobby media said which is like anyone who comes to you and is looking for you to produce free content for exposure in quotes run from it i will find run. that clip i will put it in here because you know it, it is one of those things that like yeah, you want to get good content early on you want to build your brand mm -hmm. you're going to be doing that but like if you're doing something for free like you control what you're doing like do the look you want shoot it the way you want edit it the way you want you're doing something for free do not let other people come and tell you no 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 like well i want it to be this i want it to be that i want to look like no like you're doing the work for free it's 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 your labor it's you're not employed by anyone so do what you want and anyone that is like coming to you trying to get you to work for free is not someone that you want to be they don't have your best interest in mind exactly no. yeah have you um done any like commercial i know you've talked about you're doing some like recruiting videos and stuff have you done have you got done anything that has played on the like airwaves anywhere yet uh i'm sure this some maybe some of the celtic stuff will but have you done any stuff yet um like airwaves in terms of like tv like tv or like you know um, um i think i mean some of the stuff i've shot for the celtics like a couple like missoula was at one of the camps or yeah. like Sam Hauser, I think, or actually Jordan Walsh came and visited like one of the community centers. I think some of that was on NBC Sports, but 
Um, I mean, most of my stuff is social media. Um, so it's kind of just hitting that uh, kind of space. What are your What are your goals for the remainder of your basketball career? You said you got you got two years left. There are D three guys that like will will go overseas. A few of them will like you know make make decent money or have a decent career. But you know a lot of D three guys. I don't say a lot. It's a very rare few, but they'll they can go play in a lower level league for for a bit and you know just get the experience. But it seems like that's not what your what your goal is. Your your maybe you playing hoops seems like it's kind of like when college is done. That's when you're outside of maybe like competitive men's leagues that's when when your basketball playing road sort of comes to an end yeah no i think i think i'll probably be done with basketball after after school um i just kind of i love videography so much that i kind of want to pursue it right away um but in terms of goals for these next two years i think um nescac championship i think last year we had a pretty disappointing season we didn't um, make it into playoffs but we have pretty much our whole team returning and we have some very talented guys and I think we can definitely make a deep run, um, both in the in the uh, NESCAC tournament and the national tournament. So I think winning um, those two championships is, is the biggest goal. What What do you think next steps are for you as a videographer after your internship wraps up with the Celtics, which is super prestigious and and literally getting to get experience with a professional sports team? But like, what do you think? next steps are after that your professional journey i think just continuing to get better and um one of my biggest focuses right now is my youtube channel actually um i'm kind of posting tutorials and i'm basically just trying to curate a place where i can post i can i can make content that could eventually be a source of income for me which isn't my my main goal um but i want a place where i can post stuff that um is more creative and right now i'm i'm in a space where i'm kind of adding value doing tutorials and all that but i eventually see this youtube channel as a place where i could post like short films or um other cinematic videos stuff like that um so i'm gonna definitely continue working on that i think working for amherst and umass this fall is going to be a lot of fun um i think i've improved a lot working with the celtics um and i'm excited to kind of take that into into the fall and then from there i mean my focus will be fully on basketball in the winter um and then the spring and summer might do another internship i might go freelance i haven't really decided that yet but it's exciting have do you have a favorite place to film or favorite places that you filmed um I think I think I loved uh, traveling with Magic because, uh, you know, that was fun just kind of going out there filming all day. Uh, I think we were in like Texas, Indiana, Chicago, places like that. So it was cool kind of getting to travel around and do that. I'd say that's probably, probably that. You ever get an opportunity to film at Matthews Arena in Boston where Northeastern plays? Mm-hmm. You should you should do it. It's it's. Um, not just being an alum and having an affinity for it, but like, uh, it's a very unique look. It's the oldest, like, uh, multi-purpose slash basketball arena in the in the world that's still in use. It's more than a hundred years old. It was the home of the Bruins at one point, the Celtics at one point. You know, it was like every president up until middle of the 1900s like gave a speech there muhammad ali trained there before the olympics when he was still cassius clay but it has the old boston garden feel it has the upper level that overhang it's got like the the pillars everywhere it's got the beams in the ceiling and literally if you go to the upper level it is they did away with it because it messes up sight lines for people down below like that style with the where the upper level is hanging like right over the court because of what you need to support it but like it is one of the coolest places to film, I think, uh, just from a aesthetic point of view, because it's such old architecture. Yeah, no, I'll try to get out there. Sounds fun. Um, what advice? Just if you had to give some advice to a young kid that is just starting out, but that is hoping to kind of follow in your your sort of footsteps, what advice would you give to a young kid? Hmm. I have a couple of like very specific yeah, ones because I think it. a lot of people when they get this question they like give like oh 
listen to your heart, hard, follow your dreams, yeah. you know, like, which is but, all true. Yeah. And I don't but, want to take away from that, but a couple of things that have really helped me is, um, it sounds counterintuitive, but I actually delete Instagram and Twitter and YouTube off my phone. Um, because I was, I, I would get in these plate like this kind of space of mind where I'm just scrolling and seeing everybody else's work. And sometimes it inspires me, but more often than not, it discourages me. And I think I would start to copy that subconsciously. So I think if you can find other sources of inspiration for your work, whether that's watching movies or watching longer form stuff, I just think constantly bombarding yourself with content um, in your pocket uh, on your phone is not not the best long term uh, situation. And I think, you know, like I'll still check it, like I'll check it on my computer um, or download it occasionally. But I think that's that's a pretty good piece of advice. Um, that I kind of figured out recently and then subscribe to my YouTube channel because I'm going <laughs> to post uh, pretty good stuff. Yeah. I, I would, I would, I would co-sign that subscribe to your YouTube yeah. channel. Well, Bobby, we're really looking forward to, uh, to seeing where, where, where you go. And, uh, you know, maybe when you get there, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll think of us little people back here at WCTV. You'll be doing the NBA finals before you know it. Right. <laughs> Appreciate that. No, thank you guys for having me on today. It was great. Awesome.